0: hello and welcome to the football diary podcast where once again we're looking at the results of the world cup and we've come to the end of the round of 16 and a couple of really exciting fixtures and one big result really stands out in terms of goals and one stands out in terms of the team that's gone through so we'll look at morocco knocking out spain on penalties along with portugal sticking six past switzerland we'll reflect slightly on brazil's win against south Korea, although that was definitely to be expected i'm sure you'll agree and then we'll think ahead of what's left of this tournament but dave A couple of really exciting round of 16 fixtures, weren't they? Let's start with Portugal, shall we? Six goals past Switzerland, and that's without Ronaldo. What did you think of the performance?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I think it's a slightly unexpected uh, result in terms of the margin of uh, defeat for Switzerland. (laughs) Um, I think a lot of people probably anticipate it being a lot closer and probably being one of the closer Um, ties of the bunch really and I think everyone was kind of a little bit shocked at how easily Switzerland fell apart um, within the first half and Portugal let's be honest they actually look really impressive without Ronaldo in that team and perhaps not as not so surprising when we've already seen him drop from one team this season in club football and the team thrive as a whole and um, it's it's a little bit sad in ways to see it happening because i just feel as though him as a player it's it's never been his mentality that's been an issue it's that's what set him apart from other players his you know his mentality is ridiculous really and what how defiant he is to succeed and achieve but you, you can't you know you can't stop time unfortunately it does actually impact you know all of us um and it just looks as though that's how it's kind of panning out really um he's, he's he is aging even even if you look at like last season when he scored 24 goals for united um in the season which it sounds ridiculous when we say that's that was an under par season considering what he's achieved you know in previous years but even this year now his movement isn't the same that's he, he did still have that um when he kind of lost a couple of yards of pace which he you know um which obviously impacted him. But it, he, he doesn't seem to be getting on the end of those chances. He doesn't seem to be cre- creating those opportunities for himself where he would, you know, find an extra yard of space in the box and finish the easy chances. He's just not getting on. And that's, I think, really what stands out to me. But you've got to look at the the, the overall performance of this Portugal team. I think, you know, the mm. especially the, the incoming player who obviously replaced Ronaldo, Gonzalo Ramos, who... Looks a breath of fresh air. His movement and sort mm. of energy, um, really was a was it. It looked really a, a completely different outfit altogether. And it's just so mm. it's crazy, really, how one player coming into a team can completely change the whole dimension of things. um I was really impressed by it's... him. I thought he's finished.
0: I oh think it's God. more about the absence of a player rather than a player coming in. And I think it says everything that almost three minutes of us talking, we'd only mention Ronaldo's name and he didn't even start this game. It took that long for us to even consider another player because that's the impact he's had on the, the game as a whole, but particularly for Portugal over so many years. And you're right, one player shouldn't make all that difference coming into the side, but the freedom of Portugal's entire attacking line seems so different And actually, when you talked about age catching up with Ronaldo, the one thing the rest of the Portugal side has is age on their side. Because Gonzalo Ramos, incredibly young, promising forward, who's not really tarnished with the big media presence. He's not really worried about being in the spotlight. He doesn't have the same pressure on him as Ronaldo does. Neither does Rafael Liao or even Bruno Fernandes at this level. So it gave them that spark, didn't it, to go out and express themselves in a way that maybe they can't if they're always looking to feed the same person.
1: Yeah, and another player I thought was really impressive in this game was Joao Felix. Um, I, I, I just feel as though him as a player, he has so much talent that it's kind of gone under the radar a little bit, especially playing for Atletico Madrid um, over the last few years, who, let's be honest, aren't the easiest on the eye. So he's probably not. they're probably not going to get the most out of him at club level. Um, but to see it, that's the best I've seen him play for a long while, really.
0: Yeah, albeit and...
1: against a very, very poor Switzerland team, but the way he kind of just made space for himself was able to kind of attack the space in those areas and really create as well for other players. We he, he looked more like the player that we've we've hoped he would be um, all those years ago when he was at Benfica.
0: Definitely, and actually, his comments after the game, along with his agent's comments, make it very clear that he's not going to be at Atletico Madrid much longer. He's obviously a prized asset in terms of the financial outlay. They, I think they spent £120 million on João Felix. And you're right, he's playing at a club side where it's not there to nurture his talents. But maybe at Portugal he can. Now, I'm not going to big this up at all. It definitely won't happen. I will mention that yesterday Marco reported that there was one right. club in uh, the best position possible to sign João Felix right now. Yeah my boys. <laughs> How that's being reported, <laughs> I have no idea. If we see Jean Felix in an Aston Villa show by the end of the season, <laughs> I don't even know what I'll say on this podcast. But it's inevitable that he will move on, isn't it, Dave? And we'll probably see the best of him at club level, wherever that may be. Maybe at United replacing Ronaldo? Oh, there's
1: been murmurs, hasn't there? Um, there's been rumours that he's you know, touted about a move to United in the January transfer window and whether that materialises or not is another thing and whether we've got the budget for it is also another thing and I just I'd be surprised if it if it did happen. Um I think he's a great player. I think he'll be an asset to any any team at the top. But finances is going to come into it. Atletico Madrid I feel like aren't going to budge on a certain a certain mm. amount just because of how much they did actually pay for him but i think it's unrealistic mm. to demand that just because of i will not say he's been a flop but he's not been he's not certainly performed yeah. at the level of a 120 million pound player um so really shouldn't be they shouldn't really be demanding that sort of sum and i and, and mean that's perfectly fair for me i i feel like if clubs are clever enough, they will come in and offer amounts, but it won't be anywhere near sort of the 100, no. 100 million mark, which yeah. um, that should be the case. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. Uh, there's a lot of uh, obviously talent in this Portugal team, and there'll be a lot of players that will kind of garner a lot of interest.
0: Yeah. Um, so, let's look at one of them. The first World Cup hat-trick for this year went to Gonzalo Ramos. He started to touch on him earlier and the impact that he had on this side. But what did he bring to Portugal that was so different? And why did Switzerland struggle to hold on to him so much?
1: I think it, it was touched on at the start of the game in the first 20 minutes in that I think it was like chasing lost causes, diagonal balls that were kind of played over the top ronaldo doesn't really have the legs for that anymore and he he did offer that he looked to be it, it had an air of sort of naivety to his play kind of chasing mores that you probably wouldn't get to or you wouldn't want to be chasing anyway at a later age and um but also making those runs there wasn't just there was a there was a kind of a variety of sort of like runs that he was making sort of like diagonals into the channel he was working into sort of like the wider areas and he had the energy to then make himself an option in the box to receive those passes as we you know we saw for a couple of his goals and I just felt as though he did actually fit their front line a lot better he was able to kind of rotate I think with the players in that front line we saw him kind of drop drop deep on a couple of occasions as well and then have the energy then to burst and make himself an option in the box And I don't want to keep Oh yeah, the the first one. It's ridiculous it? really. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot I think there was a lot of kind of, you know, clamor around saying the defender was probably at fault shouldn't be letting him get the shot off there. But he had no right to be scoring that goal. That was you know, that was crazy really. It wasn't even half chance. Um he couldn't yeah. have got it any more in the corner of the goal, really, with that sort of power on the shot it was oh it was something else. Um and then you know his two other goals as well. It's just his instinct as well, just getting across that front post and just getting flicking it. Probably got a bit fortunate again between the the goalkeeper's legs, but you've you've got to make that opportunity for yourself. And then the second, the third one as well, um, the finish, you know, was brilliant. He probably got a little bit fortunate with the torch. It was very close to the goalkeeper, but then he had the kind of the instinct to just literally clip it over the keeper and. Yeah, he's just lovely. added another £40 million to his price tag, probably.
0: <laughs> yeah, and and it was really nice to see that coming into the side because they have got such amazing attacking talents. Rafael Leal has been a joy to watch this tournament as well, even if he's had quite a limited role. Every time he comes off the bench, he brings something. He brings intensity, he brings energy. And his finish for his goal, I mean, he, he didn't have long on the pitch, did he? But he took it well <laughs> with a massive smile on his face if you see the pictures back as well, which is really nice to see. But Ronaldo wasn't the only big name yeah. out of the squad or at least out of the lineup in this game. Cancelo didn't start either. But that paid off. Guerrera scored from left back and Dallo was a great creative force again. I thought played really really well. So does Cancelo get back into the team for the Morocco game do you think?
1: I don't know if it was to kind of offer a bit more of a balance. Um Dalo this season, although he's not, you know, on the level of Cancelo going forward in an offensive cap- um, capability. He does offer quite a good balance. He knows when, you know, to sense danger for United. He's been brilliant um, defensively this season, and we, I'm I'm just surprised by his his, uh, his progress in his game. I think he's done really well, and I think maybe the coach thought it was maybe a good time to to give him an opportunity against albeit not, you know, the best Switzerland team, but a fully capable and, you know, competent side that could test them. And he probably just wanted to see what the outlook would be. And I think he came for it really well. I thought Dallo played really well. Um, And maybe sensing a bit of a a weakness in that Portugal team is in those wide areas where Cancelo probably can get a little bit over... Mm. Um, what's
0: the word? Over-exuberant on on his attacking players. Yeah, Yeah.
1: over-exuberant in those areas Mm. and kind of leave themselves open. Mm. Maybe against certain sides, it would suit them better to start with Dallo in that area. Even, I mean, we've seen Cancelo start at right-back and left-back. And we've seen him do that for both club and country so there's no reason why they couldn't take Guerrero out as
0: well I'd be surprised to see him Um, do that though he's so he's been so good for Portugal hasn't he he's great from a a set play as well he gets forward incredibly well he's got a few goals in him and this one was a great goal as well he finishes chances like a striker does very often having that across your team has really carried Portugal so far
1: it's the one area actually where they're blessed with a lot of a lot of depth and a lot of quality, where I'm sure the likes of Brazil would, you know, would love a couple of those players
0: in those areas. Um, Do you know what though? So Portugal are blessed with quality in every area. I think this is a really good squad that I think a lot of people have been sleeping on because they've been so fixated on Ronaldo. I mean, even football's most loved villain scored in this game. What was he? Thirty-eight or thirty-nine? Pepe. <laughs> He's got a goal at the World Cup, yeah. and people seem genuinely happy for him. Whereas normally, you, you hate playing against all that like Pepe. It's a great squad, Portugal. Oh, I think it looks really strong.
1: It is, it, and, and I know. I think a lot of people are saying they're dark horses, but I don't think they're a dark horse. I just think they're a really? good team. Like you wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise you if they won it and went on and obviously won the competition. There's a, there's just so many good teams in there at the minute that. It would be a little bit criminal to kind of underestimate some of them.
0: The, I think the debate is always going to be, or the conversation will always be, wouldn't we like an Argentina Portugal final to see Messi and Ronaldo in the final? And people will often say that Argentina are playing for Messi, whereas Portugal play almost despite Ronaldo. But actually, if you take the two of them out of it, there's not even a comparison between those two squads for me. Portugal are far better than Argentina. I think they're actually better than a lot of sides left in the competition. So I think you're right. They could go quite far. On the other side of it, it's worth having a quick word for Switzerland, who you probably don't expect to get much further than this sort of stage of the World Cup. They could have potentially gone through in this sort of game. We've seen them play Portugal quite a lot, it feels like, over recent years in qualifying campaigns. And that's always kind of been their level. Is this a failure for the tournament to go out at this stage, but not just to go out, but. In the manner in which they have, you've got to look at that as a, a pretty bad showing, right?
1: I think it was there was just an, an air of naivety about mm. how they went about it. Really, they seemed too open for me. And if you do that against the level of some of these teams, don't get me wrong, they've got some good players in there. I thought I think Bria Lombolo looked really mm. good in this tournament, and he's you know he showed those signs of potential in. In uh, in club football as well, mm. I, I wouldn't surprise me if someone big comes along and picks him up sometime soon. Mm. Um, so they've they've certainly got the some of the players, but they don't have as much of a you know the the depth and the quality as some of the big guns in the tournament still. So I don't I don't think you can say it's a failure. I think a lot of people are going off of the pre obviously against France when they knock France mm. out of them. Um, out of the Euros, and a lot of people obviously were probably looking back to then and maybe getting their hopes a little bit too high. I think it's a little bit unfair on them there. But yeah, the manner of the defeat, they, they just were too open in this mm. game. They should have been more cohesive, um, a little bit more pragmatic in their approach because they've got the players to hurt them. That Bolo, in the first 15, 20 minutes, before the you know the game was out of sight, actually it looked a, br- a real bright spot. Mm. And they actually did struggle with him in a couple of like transitions mm. so i think it'd be a bit unfair really to say they've failed because you know that even reaching this stage is a pretty good achievement for
0: that. Mm. Uh, the, my favorite thing about switzerland in this world cup was a stat that i saw on twitter the other day that sherdan shakiri is younger than kevin de bruyne how is how is that possible Feels like shakiri has been at every World Cup scoring some sort of overhead kick or volley for the last 20 years. So it'd be a shame to see him go. But another team that might have to look at their World Cup as a bit of a failure then has to be Spain. I mean, at the start of the tournament, you talked quite openly, Dave, about how you thought they might lack something going forward. They then went on to score seven goals in the first game and had us all blushing a little bit. But turns out you had them pegged all along, right?
1: yeah and i I saw a stat earlier saying three and a half thousand passes in the last four games but only two
0: goals scored such a spain stat isn't it (laughs) that is spain all over
1: um but yeah it was a bit of a false dawn i think Mm. the the first the first game they had against costa rica and and and, i mean understandably we did say Costa Rica were probably the worst worst team in the tournament after the group stage, <laughs> kind of them and obviously Qatar, um, just watching how bad they were in that first game. And, um, I mean, yeah, uh, Spain for me, they are just lacking a couple of players um, in them attacking areas, just offering a bit more pedigree, a bit more, you know, of a clinical nature about them. And it's just something... That they desperately need and need somebody to come through. Especially, I think it was, it, that we mentioned about the experience. Some of the experience in this team. You obviously saw Brusquets take a penalty. It's terrible! It was a bad penalty. Awful. All the penalties were bad. Yeah, there was just no com- no conviction yeah. in any of those penalties. It was like walking. It was literally walking up to them, and it was almost telegraphed. The mm. keeper seemed to know which way they were yeah. <laughs> they were all going. Yeah. Um but they lack <coughs> some experience in that team. Don't get me wrong, Pedri and, and Gavi are going to be very, very good players one day. But I just felt like this was probably a little bit too soon for them.
0: Well, I actually uh, wonder if Enrique got a few things wrong. Now, don't I really rate Luis Enrique as a coach? I think he's fantastic, and I think he has done some great work at Spain at times. But I looked at the lineup, and what Rodry was playing centre back, Asensio was playing almost like a false nine. Danny Almo is playing left wing and you'd argue they just had loads of players where it was square pegs in round holes to try and fit something that just was never going to break the team down. Whereas when Nico Williams came on, for example, that looked like Spain's biggest threat. He was pressing, he was driving at defenders, his pace in behind was working. I wonder if there was a bit of reluctance to trust players that aren't necessarily... The traditional spanish look do you know what i mean by that the way that they play and there's the style of pedri and gabby for example they come straight out of the barcelona academy the way they pass the ball around i said to you that's such a spain stat they are players that embody that sort of stat whereas they've got some like electric players that could go forward we didn't see enough of the likes of Ferran torres for example i don't think in this game we didn't see nico williams trusted enough and actually that could have got spain a lot further couldn't it instead of just trusting in Morata off the bench. It's just not an option, is it?
1: Mm. I think, yeah, I think you're right with that. I think there are a few players in that team who are quite similar to each other in the way they play. They definitely lacked a lot of um, directness Mm. in their play. And when you mentioned there, Nico Worms came in, it's almost like it kicked them into gear and Mm. they actually did start to create, you know, a few chances. Um, And, yeah, you've got a question, I suppose, if you're a Spain fan. if, If he'd have started the game would they have actually created a little bit more because they really did struggle that first sort of hot hour of the game um they just looked completely lacking in ideas yeah and uh well, you've got to credit morocco really they probably yeah. they probably should have won the game in, in the 90 minutes it probably shouldn't have gone to extra time and they had the two best chances in the whole Definitely. game
0: um, well, that leads me on really nicely so. to talk about them in in their own light. Really, I tried very hard not to mention them in the Spain tour because I wanted to give them their own section and credit because they were outstanding, weren't they? And this is a team that we again we talked about before the start of the tournament that could really hurt teams because they've got some very good individuals, but as a system they just seem so organised, defensively so sound. They shut Spain out with any dif- without any difficulty, really, and then eventually their players were the ones who had the ice in the veins to get through that penalty shootout, particularly Hakimi's, we've got to talk about. But Morocco, Dave, have now topped a group with Croatia and Belgium and now knocked out Spain. They've got Portugal in the quarterfinals, which actually, I think that could go either way. We could all of a sudden see Morocco in this semi-final and, and then it's anyone's game, right? What do you make of this Morocco side as a whole?
1: I think there's kind of there's a contrast of when we're mentioning we're just mentioning switzerland and how morocco approached this spain game It two completely different approaches Mm. one very naive and one very clever and meticulous pragmatic in their approach and how they set up um and i think one thing that stands out to me as well is if you look at um ashraf hakimi on that side he had you know um zeek kind of um coming back for him and helping out with defensive um, responsibilities as well which is is quite surprising when you've seen him at chelsea he doesn't really offer that sort of support which he doesn't really need to as much in that chelsea team because they do dominate a lot of their games but that stood out to me and it really kind of showed me that you know the manager that's Um, that's in charge is really, they're really playing for him and really enjoying and relishing.
0: Quite literally in ZX's case because remember he wasn't at the African Cup of Nations and it wasn't until they got a new coach who had that conversation with him that he joined back up with the Moroccan international team he retired in February Mm. so that's obviously worked out really well, were there any other in particular individuals that caught your eye? Obviously Bono will get a lot of the credit and rightfully so for his performance in the shootout but on the on the pitch during the 90 or 120 minutes who really stood out for you in the Mr. morocco team
1: yeah i think amrabat was one of the other standout players i just think the energy that they showed throughout this game was kind of epitomized by him and just the way they got out of the pitch i just really hope that in the next game they can recover because i just feel mm. like this is probably taken so much out of them i just you just really kind of hope that it's not going to be one step too far for them where we have seen that happen in tournament before that teams have put so much into games and it's kind of really um, handicapped them
0: going forward it's a worrying point when we've just been talking about how much depth portugal have got particularly attacking areas as well that they're lining up next to each other oh definitely but
1: i think one thing that it's definitely going to do for moroccan football is can you imagine how you know, how many youngsters are watching on and mm. looking at this and thinking, I want to do this for, for this team. And
0: More than just Moroccan though, it. to be fair. Because a lot of Middle Eastern fans have really taken Morocco on as their own team mm. as well. It's been really nice to see, actually.
1: Yeah, and I think it's it's worth po- pointing out as well that how many players do we see? Like, you look at Hakimi. He could have mm. played for Spain. He was born in Spain. Um you know, a number of other players who mentioned um, mm. Hannibal Meshbury who's he could have played for France, he's chose to play for Tunisia and has represented them at this World mm. Cup, you'll think you'll see a lot more talent coming through and thinking they've actually got a, a much better opportunity for playing for, you know, other teams over the globe,
0: yeah. who,
1: who they can represent. And I think that can only be a good thing and for comp- healthy competition as well because how many of these teams, especially the bigger ones at this World Cup, that's just so stacked with talent oh, who don't yeah. even get the opportunity well, to, to even, you
0: know... Kim is a great example because to be honest, I think he'd probably be Spain's best player if you put him into that squad. He's an outstanding footballer. He would definitely get minutes there but clearly wanted to play for, for his nation and now is leading them into the quarterfinals of the World Cup. It's worked out really well for him. His penalty, Dave... You've got to have some nerve to be able to do that, haven't you? Um, I mean, in fairness, you've got a second. If he misses, there's a second chance for Morocco to win after him. So maybe the pressure's off him a little bit. But my word, that was it was nice to watch, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it's your heart's in your mouth, isn't it, when you're watching it, and you're just hoping the goalkeeper. When that happens, the goalkeeper's not just going to stand down the middle, and you just, you know, it's almost kind of cringeworthy when that happens and you just you really almost kind of want to dig a hole for them and
0: (laughs) bury yourself in it really (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay so these two sides that we thought about then will obviously meet in the quarterfinals portugal against morocco who wins dave
1: (sighs) your heart says morocco but your head more my head says portugal um, Mine too. I just feel as though it's they've just got too much talent and going off of how they did play um, this last game as well, I just think that they can only go from strength to strength from it. Can you imagine how much momentum they're carrying forward as well? This Portugal team, the team spirit, there seems to be a lot of unity mm. um, about them as well. So they're going to be strong favourites, but, you know, who knows? We've had some crazy games in this world cup Um, you can't really rule out morocco they've definitely got a lot of talent in there as well as Mm. you know that fighting spirit which they have showed
0: yeah definitely i mean if you want to know anything more about morocco obviously we did our world cup previews before the tournament started in which i did say morocco would be the best african side at the tournament and here they are in the quarterfinals so go back and check that out if you want to have a look along with our other teams the team that a lot of us predicted to win the whole tournament continue on as well brazil knocked out south korea with a 4-1 win another lovely Richarlison goal in the middle of that as well neymar back in the starting lineup scoring as well vinicius gets a goal a great all-round performance from brazil again dave is there any stopping then
1: (laughs) it didn't really i know this is this sounds really kind of pessimistic, but it didn't really tell me anything that I didn't already know about this team. Okay. Um, and I think a lot of that was, like no disrespect to South Korea, but they're not on the level of some of the other teams yeah. in this tournament. And when Brazil do face a higher calibre of opponent, I think it's just going to be a completely different game. And it also opens up Brazil's v- vulnerabilities, where I feel are in those wide areas. And they have the attacking players that, for me, don't offer enough defensive kind of cover to their fullbacks. So it's going to be an interesting one, and no doubt a very entertaining game, um, obviously, in the next round for Brazil. And, um, Do you know what, though?
0: You, say, you, you know, say about we'll see Brazil when they come up against a better side. I don't really know when that is. That might not be all the way to the final, because they've got Croatia in the next game, who... <laughs> really have flattered to deceive and are quite fortunate to be where they are then they'll play either argentina or the netherlands both of which again i think have got their downfalls quite comfortably neither of them look the complete package it will be their biggest test so far don't get me wrong but brazil might find themselves just happen to be in the final based on who they're playing really and then that's when they get their first test don't you think
1: I mean, they're quite fortunate. I think they're on the favourable side of the draw. um, Yeah. Because, you know, either whoever gets through out of England and France, you've then got potentially Morocco or Portugal facing, which is not going to be an easy game at all. Um, If you were a a side from each side of the draw, you'd probably say you'd rather be in Brazil's position. And that's no disrespect Mm -hmm. to the teams that are in over there. But um you've, Why got not? Say Disrespecting
0: that...
1: <laughs> you've got to say that england and france are probably that's worthy of a final
0: that, that yeah. game
1: itself is you know it's going to be everyone the world's going to be watching that one for sure and mm. um yeah i i think brazil will be looking really this is an opportunity to they should be making the final where they're looking at now and the, the pressure's, mm. pressure's on them really to be to yeah. be kind of consolidating that, that place.
0: Okay, so we've looked at the, all of the Round of 16 games now, Dave, and actually the tournament's not got long left. There's eight games left. There's the four quarterfinals, two semifinals, the third versus fourth playoff, which I know is your favourite game, Dave, and the final to come. <laughs> so now we've only got eight games left. I'm going to ask you a few quick fire questions. Let's give me some answers on, first of all, who's getting through each of our quarterfinals. So Argentina, Netherlands, who's going through? I'm going to say Argentina.
1: Argentina.
0: Argentina. Okay, and they'll meet who in the semi finals? Brazil or Croatia? Brazil. Yeah, no hesitation for that one. Then we've got missing up Portugal, Morocco. We said we think Portugal are going through on that one, right? <laughs> yeah, and, they're, and they're playing England in the semi finals? I'm
1: going to say England say and.
0: Yeah yeah
1: i'm gonna say england and i just just worth saying as well those two semi-finals are you know if that happens that will be crazy Amazing. like they just oh it couldn't be any better really if that if that shapes up like that as well and especially the kind of history that england portugal do have with each other
0: yeah um, and over you know the last what
1: years, over the last,
0: yeah if, if england knock france out they'll win the whole thing I honestly believe that that will give them the kick they need to go on and just and get it done. It'll either be all or nothing. We get knocked out in the quarters or we'll go all the way. I can't see us losing to Portugal in the semi-final. Brazil would be a test, but I think they could do it. I honestly think they could do it. Who's who's getting through to the final out of those four teams then, Dave? Two teams.
1: (laughs) My, My heart says England and Brazil. Yeah, but my head says France and Brazil.
0: You just said fronts aren't even getting through the quarters. I know, but I, I, I went with you. my head on the se- I went with-
1: <laughs> I went my head with the second <laughs> answer, and my heart was with the first answer. Brilliant.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so a couple more things to, to kind of clear up. There's always one player, isn't there? There's the James Rodriguez of the tournament where all of a sudden they are rocketed to the top of the world stage. Have we got a player like that in this tournament so far?
1: I think there's been a couple of individuals. I don't think there's been an outstanding individual um, for me. And that's, it's going to be a couple of gems that come out, maybe unearthed, already known to be quite talented. One of them is Enzo Fernandez Mm. for Argentina. I feel as though he's looked brilliant for them every time he's come on. Um, He he should be a fixture in that first 11 for me. I think he just offers so much more in that midfield than what a couple of their other players do. And the other one which we obviously saw last night is Gonzalo Ramos. Mm-hmm. Um I think he you know, he, there's no better way of kind of announcing yourself on the biggest stage in the world, really, is there? Um I thought the, the way he performed in that game in his first start as well, his first competitive um start in a in a World Cup game was unbelievable.
0: Is um what about you? you... Is is Bellingham too big a profile already to be to be put into this bracket? <laughs> that's the only other one
1: that you might go yeah I mean I think he was obviously well known before this mm. but I feel like since this tournament began it's kind of he's been highlighted as a player from you know people all around the world mm. really it's been noticed I think hasn't the PSG um, chairman yeah. spoke about him in the last didn't years did, year as yeah. well saying that you know everyone's interested in him, everyone wants to sign drew bellingham which you know they should mm. so um he, yeah uh, the amount of publicity he's getting now is astounding and it's just hoping that he can just progress in the way that he is yeah
0: him and musiala have both been fantastic in this tournament it was a shame that we lost musiala so it's quickly in yeah. it because otherwise it would have been nice to see those two really show what the youth can do in this tournament Last one I'll ask you then. Mbappe's on five goals. You've got, what, Saka's on three? Is Messi on three as well, I think? There's a few players around. Ramos is now yeah. on three. Where's a golden boot going to end up? Are we seeing Mbappe just running away with it? Or if England knock him out, then hopefully not, right?
1: I'm going to say Marcus Rashford's going to come Stop out it. and uh, score four or five goals in there in this last there. Uh, Three games.
0: If he does, if Rashford wins the Golden Boot and England win the World Cup, say that all day. Well, I don't. I don't know how much me and David proved as uh, predictors for this tournament off the back of that. But if you do want to see more of what's going on in the tournament and more of our opinions, please do like and subscribe to the channel. You'll be able to see much more content through the rest of the tournament. There's only eight games left but we'll be here to talk you through all of them and hopefully celebrate England's victories or cry in each other's arms when we get knocked out inevitably on Saturday, we'll see. <laughs> but for now, we'll say it's coming home and we'll ask you again. Support us on all platforms, please. We're on Instagram, Twitter, everywhere that you would want to find us. Of course, TikTok and YouTube. So thank you for your support so far. And thank you, Dave, for joining me today. Pleasure. We'll see you again when England see is semi finalists right? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Thanks, guys. <laughs>